Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Moses, you remember, on Mount Sinai was standing before the burning bush and God said, take off your shoes because you're standing on holy ground. The ground that Moses was standing on was holy because God was there. Any place God is, it's holy ground. When God shows up, he makes it holy. You could be standing in a super Walmart. If God is there, it's holy. Because wherever God is, there is holiness. So Moses is standing there, and he's standing on holy ground because God is there. Aaron was the high priest. He presented sacrifices, and he went into the Holy of Holies. You know, Samuel was a prophet who lived during the reign of Saul. And 1 Samuel 3 tells us, in those days, the word of God was rare. Man, it sounds like today, doesn't it? The word of God is rare. Isn't that true? It's unfortunate, but it's hard to find a church nowadays that's just teaching the Bible. I'm not talking about springboarding from the Bible. You know, read a verse and then you can just shut the book because you don't need to talk anymore. Because you don't need to read it anymore because it's a springboard from the word. I'm not talking about talking about the Bible. All these things are different. But teaching the scriptures... Digging in and looking at word for word, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little, hard to find that nowadays. The word of God is rare. And because the word of God is rare, people are lost. People are sick. Christians are weak and sick because the word of God is rare. We need the word of God, saints. And we can't live without the word of God. Am I right about it? We need the word. Can't live without the word. First Samuel 3. First Samuel 3 tells us in those days, in the reign of Saul, the days of Samuel the prophet, the word of God was real, rare. But God spoke to a little boy and called him a great prophet of God, Samuel. God spoke to Moses, Aaron, and Samuel because they all knew what it was like to be in the presence of God. So we understand who God is. And we understand who God is from the word of God. The ultimate test of spirituality is two things, saints. Stay with me, please. The ultimate test of spirituality is two things. Number one, the study of the word of God. And number two, prayer. You say you're spiritual? Are you in the word? And are you praying? 
Not talking about prayer, not agreeing when I say, oh, the third Saturday of the month, we're going to gather in prayer. Yes, Saturday come up, you don't show up. Or maybe you can't show up, but do you pray? The true test of your spirituality is not how much you speak in tongues. It's not how you can quote scripture. It's not about how much Bible you even know. It is better to know less Bible and live what you know than to know more Bible and don't live what you know. It's not about what you know. Nobody cares what you know. Everybody, amen. Nobody cares what you know. Everybody cares how much you live. The true test of spirituality is the study of the word of God and number two, prayer in that order. You see, the study of the word of God brings us to the place of biblical prayer. It works that way. The study of the word of God brings you to the place of biblical prayer. So many people are praying prayers that are not biblical or asking God for things that he's already given. For example, some people are asking for the Holy Spirit. The Bible says you already have the Holy Spirit. Some people are asking God for strength. The Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Some people are asking God for love for someone. The Bible says the love of Christ or the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. You don't need to ask God for something he's already given you. What you need to do is release it and do it. Let it out again. Unless you understand God's word and understand God, you won't have holy prayers. Now, listen, the Jewish people believed all holy prayers should incorporate six elements, eight, pardon me, eight elements. And I want to give them to you. The Jewish people believe that holy prayers should incorporate eight elements. Let me give them to you. Number one, the Jew believes when they go before God or go to God, there should be praise in their mouth. And they got that from Psalm 34, 2. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. We should offer praise and thanksgiving to God all the time. Not just in good times, but in bad times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue. The Jewish people believe the, holy, the holy, holy prayer should incorporate love and praise. Number two, the Jewish people felt all holy prayer should incorporate gratitude and thanksgiving. You know, Sunday I mentioned that Christian folk ought to be the most forgiving people on the planet. Yes. I will then also tell you that Christians folk should be the most thankful people on the planet. There are many verses in the Bible concerning Thanksgiving. I think you know that. The rabbi said all prayers will someday be discontinued except the prayers of Thanksgiving. Think about that. All, and this is true. All prayer will someday be discontinued except the prayers of Thanksgiving. That is very true. One day when we are in heaven, there won't be anything to ask for. Right? Because we'll know all things, we'll be known as even he, is, he knows us and we know him and all things will be complete and all things will have come to fruition. We are in the presence of God. But the one thing that remains and continues in heaven, read the book of Revelation, is praise and worship and thanksgiving. 
and thanksgiving. In heaven, the only thing that remains is thanksgiving. The Jewish people, number three, believe that holy prayer should incorporate a sense of God's holiness or awe and reverence of God. When the Jew prayed, they didn't rush into the presence of God. You know, this brought me to one of our trips to Israel in, oh, I don't know, we've, we went what, two, three years ago now. And each time we go to Israel, we um, find ourselves one of our stops that I like to make. Um, so if you go with me, that's where we're, we're going to stop here. At the southern steps on the Temple Mount. The southern steps on the Temple Mount. Mary, did we get those pictures? I meant to ask you. Yeah. I got three of them, but let me look at that one real quick. You see the steps. This is the southern steps ascending into the Temple Mount. Now, to the right of those steps is like a little walkway. Let me, let me, let me have another picture of that kind of overall. See that? There you go. That's a good picture. So those steps are up in the middle of the screen to the left. You guys see that? Say yes. All right. So you walk across that walkway and the steps are there. But to the right of those steps are baths. They call them mikvahs. They call them a mikvah. Let me see the next picture. Okay. That's a good picture there. You can see or can you see that the steps are uneven. They're actually uneven. And one of our trips, because you, you, you ascend those steps with your shoes off. Actually, the Jews would ascend those steps after they have taken a bath in the mikvah. You take a bath in the mikvah, you get clean, and then you ascend the steps. The priests would also ascend the steps there. If you're ascending to the presence of God, you take a bath and you ascend those steps. Those steps are uneven, and they are uneven for a reason. What'd you say? That's exactly right. The reason they're uneven is because it is a practical, visual, contemplative lesson that you don't rush into the presence of God. You can't get up those steps by just running. You better not run. You have to look down at your feet, which means your eyes are low because you're approaching a holy God. You don't look at him. Your eyes are low. This is the, everything the Jewish people do, does. They have meaning and metaphor and sense about it. So you're ascending the steps and you have to look down because the steps are uneven. They take a big step up and then a little step and then a big step and then not so little a step. And you've got to ascend in a contemplative, reverent way. In a reverent way. Psalm 120. Tonight is for Bible students. Listen. Psalm 120 to 134 are called the Psalms of Ascent. The Psalms of Ascent. These 15 songs or psalms are songs for the Jewish holiday. Some believe the 15 psalms were sung on 15 wide steps. So as you ascend those steps, there are actually 15 wide ones. 
And many believe, many good, credible Bible scholars believe, as they would ascend the steps, when they got to a wide step, then they would read one of the Psalms, 120 through 134. Again, at the southern entrance, the point is the Jew did not rush into the presence of God. The Jewish people believed that holy prayer should incorporate a sense of God's holiness or God's awesomeness or be in awe of God or be reverent toward God. And so should we. You know, in this microwave culture, I call it, everything is, I want it now, got to do it now, got to get it done, you know. We can find ourselves in the morning, and, you know, we're going to have my prayer time. Well, I'm going to take five minutes for God, and then I'm out the door. I don't, I honestly, I don't, I don't necessarily think anything's wrong with that per se, but I will tell you this. Be careful with that. Because sometimes you got five minutes, and is your mind really on the reverent, awesomeness of God and who he is or are you trying to clock your five minutes so you can say I prayed today hey I got my prayer in I'm gonna another five minutes for the word I got my prayer my word I'm ready to go do battle in the spirit take on the devil in this day no you're not you ready to get beat up that's what you're ready to do the Bible yeah the Bible says let us boldly come to the throne of grace it doesn't say let us hurriedly come to the throne of grace. I hope I'm helping you a little bit. Come boldly to the throne of grace, not, not, not hurriedly, to receive grace and mercy in time of need. Boldly coming and coming reverently, not flippantly, reverently. Don't come irreverently, come reverently. It's very important. Number four, got to move on. The Jewish people felt holy prayer. You should have a desire to obey God. Prayer, please write this down. Prayer isn't getting your will done on earth. Prayer is getting God's will done in heaven. Prayer isn't getting your will done on earth. Prayer is getting God's will done in heaven. You don't go into prayer saying, if it turns out my way, then I'll obey. There were no conditions. In the heart of the true Jew, he went with the spirit of obedience, desiring to please God, desiring to say, oh, God, whatever it is that you will in this situation, I respond. Spirit of, spirit of obedience, desiring to please God, desiring to accept the will of God. The Jewish people felt in holy prayer. You should have a desire to obey God. Number five, let me have that outline in front of me, please. Number five, the Jewish people believed, thank you, that holy prayer incorporated confession of sin. When they went to God, they knew they were unclean. You know, so many times David had to get his sin straight before he entered the presence of God. And that's why he said, Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit away from me. Psalm 26, 6, I will wash my hands of innocence. David would say, I'm not coming to the presence of God until I have cleaned up my life, until I've dealt with my sin, and that's how prayer is to be. 
Psalm 24, 3. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. So you should confess your sin before you begin to ask God for something. How about that? That's not more than you ask your kids. They do something wrong. You say, what you say? What you say? Mommy, I want this and I want that. And you're going to give me this and you're going to give me that. And you go, wait a minute, I'm your mother. You know, I'm your father. You're not mine. What do you say? They say, now? <laughs> no, that's the wrong word. Please? And then they get a right attitude, get a right heart, and then they can ask you for something. Well, same thing with us and God. We should confess our sin and get our hearts right. The rabbi says, when you weep over your sin, God hears your prayer. The rabbi said, the gates of the gate of tears is never shut. The rabbi said, if you can bring but nothing else to God, bring him your tears and he will hear. The Jews believe you could literally turn the wrath of God into mercy with a pure heart. Number six, the Jew believed holy prayer was to be unselfish. The Jewish people had a sense of community. They had a sense of nationalism. They were a theocracy, a nation ruled by God. That's a theocracy. Theo. Ocracy, government, theo God, ocracy, government, a nation ruled by God. They believed in the community and they believed in praying for others. You know, many times we come to prayer and we, we start out with a whole bunch of pronouns. Me, 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 I, 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 my, 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 whole bunch of pronouns. We pray isolated prayers. Lord, do this for me. Lord, do that for me. Lord, I'm having this problem. Listen, prayer shouldn't be about you. Nothing wrong with you asking God anything. But that shouldn't be the sum total of your prayer. Is anybody getting that? That shouldn't be the sum total of your prayer. And I'm hoping that you will go away and take these eight elements of Jewish prayer and then look at your own prayer life and see how you're praying. Is there this holy prayer in your life? Prayer shouldn't just be about you. It should be about the whole of the kingdom of God. You know, lately, you probably noticed, I need to come in for a landing. Lately, you probably noticed, the Lord's been laying on my heart to pray for other churches in the triangle. Have you noticed? I've been like, pray for Hope Chapel. Hope Community. There's a Hope Chapel, too, I think, yeah. Yeah, it is. Apex. Pray for Hope Community. Pray for Hope Chapel. Pray for Grace Bible Fellowship. Pray for Apex Baptist Church. Pray for... What's the big one over there on Tryon? The one... No, Colonial. Colonial. Pray for Colonial. Pray for Summit. They're right down there. Cross the bridge, you see them. We need to have a sense of community in the church. It ain't about Calvary Chapel. Listen, it is not about this church. It is not. I, I have never, ever, and I'm going to let y'all go. I got one more. I got two more, actually. But I'm going to let y'all go. 
I might get the last one. I might tell you, look it up in your own time. I don't know. I'm just telling you. I, I never really, I never was into all the numbers and, oh, we got all these people and, oh, man, we're, we're this, we're that. I don't care. If one person is sitting here listening to me preach, that's one more than I deserve. Let me tell you something. At the end of the day, Miss O'Vire going to be sitting here listening to me preach. <laughs> Y'all might get up and run out the door. I don't know what you're going to do. But let me tell you something. My wife will be sitting right there and I'll be like, honey, say amen. She'll be sitting right there, just me and her. And she'll be like, preach. Yes, preach that word. Yes, we do it. We do it at home. She'll be like, yeah, yeah, that's all. Oh, that's good, Rodney. Wait a minute, went back up. That didn't make no sense. What you say? <laughs> she, do, she, do, she does that too. That, that Rodney, that don't make no sense because you said this earlier and I'm going, yeah, you're right. Let me rewrite it and I'll come back. It doesn't matter. We're so caught up in numbers. Who cares? I don't care. I need to be faithful to teach the word. If there were two people in here, I would study as hard and preach as hard. If there was two people in here, I don't care. I don't care. I think folk care more about how many people are here than I do. I don't care. I never did. I started this church. It was just me and Miss Elvira. And then... 17 white people showed up. <laughs> I'm like, what y'all doing here? What you want? I ain't got no money. What you want? It's okay. If you're new to the church, it is okay. Trust me. Number seven, the Jews believe. Okay, let's go over this. The Jews believe that he, they, to include love and praise. Gratitude, thanksgiving. Recognizing God's holiness. Desire to please God and obey God. Confession of sin, a pure heart. Number seven, they believe you were just to continue to pray or perseverance. Perseverance. Don't give up. Don't give in. Hang in there. Paul prayed for the thorn in the flesh to be removed and God didn't remove it. Remember, he prayed two more times and God still didn't remove it. Moses fasted and prayed for 40 days after the sin with the golden calf. The Jews believed in perseverance. Colossians 4.2, we haven't gotten to it yet. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Continuing in prayer. That's why we've been having a prayer meeting the third Saturday of the month. Write that down. The third Saturday of the month, every month for 18 years. That's continuing. Let me tell you something you probably don't know. Miss Betty, Grandma Betty, stand up, Grandma. Say hi to everybody. Y'all say hi to my grandmother. Every morning, first service, 8 o'clock, in one of the offices, Grandma's in there praying for the services for that day. You get up early? You ain't got nothing to do? You waiting for 10 o'clock? Come join Grandma Betty in prayer. I would love to see five, six, seven people in there praying for the service. Because everybody walk through those doors are not Christians. They need to hear the gospel. In order to hear the gospel, we got to pray that the angels of protection and camp around about this place. Keep us, guide us in all of our ways, Lord. Cover us as we the word of God. Because Satan seeks to hinder God's word going out, right? 
We need people in there praying. You walking around the church doing nothing? Go in there and pray with, Miss, with, with Grandma Betty. She missed Betty to you, Grandma Betty to me. Okay? First service, 8 o'clock. Finally, the Jewish people believe holy prayer, you should be humble. A true Jew was coming in prayer, was to come humbly. The greatest example of that, you know, is Jesus hanging on the cross. Not my will, but thy will be done. Prayer is not asking God to do my will. It's bringing myself into conformity with his will. A rabbi said a man cannot come into the presence of God unless he brings his heart in hand. Micah 6, 8, great memory verse. He has shown the old man what is good and what the Lord requires of you, but to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.